It's time for Tim. The Tim Weisberg Show on 1420 WBSM and streaming live on WBSM.com and the WBSM app. Talk to Tim now at 508-996-0500 or send him a message through the WBSM app. And now, WBSM's big gun, Tim Weisberg. And welcome back in. Uh, later on in this hour, we will talk with New Bedford City Council President Linda Morad and Councilor-at-Large Naomi Connie. But right now, it's all about you at 508-996-0500. Good morning. You are next on WBSM. Hi, Tim. <clears throat> I try to keep an open mind about how people feel about things mm-hmm. politically and what I don't understand is who can support white nationalism? Right. I don't know how you can... Maybe it's because I don't know enough about it. But to me, it seems like they've got some particularly hateful positions. Well, and I, I don't get the, that. The, the problem with the, with the white nationalism is, is it is it comes in very guarded it comes in with code words and dog whistles that on the surface sound right to people so you know like when you talk when when you see tucker carlson talking about the great replacement theory when he's talking about how you know these these people are coming across the border because they're coming in to take your jobs they're coming in to push you out of your country like those things aren't true they're coming here because they want to have a better life for themselves they're not coming here intentionally to try to push you out but they start talking about that and people are nodding their heads and saying yeah yeah they are coming here and trying to push me out because they're so upset about the situation that they're falling for the propaganda right like when trump said i didn't watch the town hall but i just heard clips of it so i don't know if i'm taking it out of context when he said um like who was basically who was he supporting ukraine or russia you know who do you want to win he said i just want people to stop dying I'm not sure if that's a fair um, recap of what he said. It is. No, that's but, fair. But I don't understand, like, like in other words, who wants Russia to win? Maybe I'm prejudiced against Putin, but, like, he was a bully. And I have a feeling that that's what um, Trump's personality is like. He's a bully. And, you know, I hope he doesn't get in again. But, um, you know, I'm not, like, a, an ardent Biden fan. I just wish there were someone who was waiting in the wings to challenge him. And I think a lot of this polarization um, that's going on is because the um, both sides can't come up with solutions to these really difficult problems. So the re- <laughs> so it's like a smokescreen. <coughs> right. And I, and I think part of the and just to go back, by the way, to the, uh, you know, Trump saying, uh, he just wants people to stop dying. That was the bigger conversation around that was that he said, you know, he did have in mind how he could end it, but that he wasn't going to say what it was. So Naturally. that, you know, that, that, <laughs> yeah, but that might have been, you know, why he was playing that down the middle and not, not saying whether or not he chose one side or the other. I mean, in, a, right. in reality, come on, I know the real answer, but I'm trying to be objective about it. And the, the other part of it too is you're right. The problem is that things have become so, it's, 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 it's never, we can disagree it's that if you don't agree you're wrong and it's not just being wrong like like i can say you know you're wrong because you just haven't researched or you you don't really know enough about what you're talking about like that doesn't matter anymore now it's like yeah. you're wrong because you're evil and yeah. that's that's what it's turned into 
I find Tucker Carlson very scary because he comes across as well-spoken and intelligent. You know, when you look at him and uh, you hear something, but I find that very frightening. Yeah, I mean, to be honest, I've never really felt that he believes in the things that he pushes, but that he knows that the audience laps that up. So I, you know, I I don't, and and it's actually, it's actually, to me, in my mind, it's more dangerous to not believe in the things that you're pushing than to be a dangerous ideologue. Mm -hmm. Because that means you're just going to go with whatever, you know, so at least, at least you know that if you have people who are, you know, for example, white nationalists, it will say, well, let's get the white nationalists off the air. But then mm-hmm. he can easily shift and then become and then who knows if it's going to get corrupted again. So it's just it's 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 a shaky thing. And personally, right. you know, he's probably going to do much better in the future than he ever did. And maybe that means he doesn't have to push those agendas anymore. Maybe he could be a little mm-hmm. bit more um, moderate about certain things. I don't know. Right. So. Right. All right. Well, thank you for the call. Okay. Have a good day. Thank you, Tim. Bye bye. And uh, let's take some more calls here. You're next on WBS. Oh, nope, we're going to hit that button, too. Good morning. You're next on WBSM. Hey, Tim. How are you? Good. How are you doing? Good, thanks. First of all, I really enjoy your show. I listen to it every day. Different topics. It breaks things up. It's not all politics. So it's really, really a good show. I enjoy it. Thank you. But my comment is that lady who keeps calling you, you know, it's like, Jesus, how can you wake up every day and be so negative in this world? You know what I mean? It's like, I feel like saying, you know, just go outside, take in some fresh air, maybe look out at the sunset or, or something. You know what I mean? It seems like she gets every, gets up every day, she calls the radio station, and it's nothing but complaining. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, I, I hear her call into some other shows. It's not always the same. And we've, her and I have had many conversations where, you know, we've, we've had perfectly fine conversations. I just think sometimes she wants to, you know, rile me up and, and, and I have no problem with that. No, and I'm sure, and then you handle it good and it goes back and forth and it's, it's good to listen to. But I'm just saying, in general, you know, if everybody just step back, take a good deep breath, you know what I mean? And, and life is good. Just let it be that way. Yeah, that, as I mean, as, that's good advice for any. That's good advice for any moment. Just stop, take a breath. Exactly. And the other day, I did listen to uh, uh, Trump on CNN, and it's like you listen to him, and it's like he's like a, a little as a little boy. He always had uh, the silver spoon. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think he ever lost in anything. And, and he bought his way out of everything in his whole life. And he can't, for any reason, let go that he lost an election. With all the money that was put out there to try to find out that it was stolen in somehow, some way, it never came across. So, I mean, it wasn't stolen. But he just can't let that go. And all the stuff he's done with women and this and that, how the average person could say, yeah, I want this man to lead our country so other people can show respect for our presidency. It's like unbelievable how people can do that. Yeah. Basically, that's all I wanted to say, Tim. Well, thank you for Again, the call. You have a great show. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. You have a good weekend. 
And Thank uh, you. Bye-bye. We have room for you, 508-996-0500. You're next on WBSM. Hi, good morning, Jim. How you doing? Me again. Good, how are you? Right. Um, you know what sticks out in my mind with that Trump? What's that? Uh, a little while back, um, when, he, he, when they had all the newscasters, reporters in the audience, and this special needs man that had a learning disability talking, he was talking to Trump, like asking a question, and Trump goes, I guess, blah, 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 blah. I don't know what you're saying. I can't understand a word. What you're saying? Oh, boy, if I was there with a gun. God forgive oh, me. Oh, no. Jeez. Oh, the, the, you I can't say that in the air. The Secret but Service I mean, might be listening. <laughs> oh, I don't care. They still protect him. <laughs> I don't know who would. I can't. I, I've never liked him. My cousin calls him Cheeto face and hair and all that. But anyway, um, yeah, no, I I can't stand him. I, I voted for Biden. I'd, I'd vote for him again. If it was only the two of them, forget it. But um, that really stood out in my mind when they made fun. That guy felt so bad. And he stood there and just kept talking, didn't apologize or anything. He's it, an ignorant, ignorant man. You know, and, and, and people, baby. people want to call in all the time and say, you know, you love, you love Joe Biden. Why, why? Tell me about the good things Joe Biden does. And I'll keep saying, like, listen, Joe Biden is not perfect at all. And if there was another choice for, for a Democratic candidate, I might choose them anyway. But I'm yeah. not going to choose Joe Biden. I'm not going to choose Donald Trump over Joe Biden. Oh. So so me basically neither. what I'm saying to them all is, yeah, you think that Joe Biden is a feeble, dementia-addled puppet no. who can't make up his own mind and barely keeps from wetting his pants when he's talking to the oh. public. And what I'm saying is I'm still going to pick that over Donald Trump. And I think that exactly. that probably infuriates them even more than if I could say good things about him. And he's not that far behind him. What is he, 76? Uh, I think he's two years younger, two, two and a half years younger. So, oh, I mean, listen, it, listen, the bottom line is maybe we stop electing people that are in their late 70s and early 80s and we, we focus <laughs> a little bit more on people that are a little bit younger. But, yeah, you know, exactly. that, there's always that idea that, you know, with age comes wisdom and that people have, you know, built up a life toward running toward the presidency. So right. I think that's why, you know, you tend to have a lot of older folks that are that are running, too. Yeah, and I agree with that man before. You're my you're my favorite on the whole uh, morning shows. Mm, thank and, you. And Phil was too. But I mean, um, you are maybe maybe they're going to pick you to take the morning show. Wouldn't that be something, huh? Um, I mean, I, I already know how to wake up early in the morning. I did it for years. So, yeah. but I I kind of do like you know not having to get up as early now. This is know, this is the best shift in radio me. because you don't have to get up too early, and your day is still over pretty pretty early in the day. So, absolutely. I was just joking with you though. I would never be able to get up at like three thirty. Oh my! Well, I did that when I were in the snack bar downtown. I I used to be down there to open up for five, but um, I did it. Yeah, anyway. the, the the trick to doing it and being able to do it successfully is just don't even like think about it. Like, don't even think about, oh man, I gotta get up so early tomorrow. Right. Just be like, nope, this is the time that I'm getting up. This is the time I'm yeah. setting my alarm clock for, and don't act like it's you know any different than uh, what anybody else would have to do. I just couldn't go out the night before. <laughs> Sometimes you still can. It just depends on how much yeah. you want your performance to be affected the next day. Yeah. I know. I did when I was a waitress at Star Store. Uh, we used to go out every night to Chippies and Dartmouth when I was, I was a lot younger then. And, uh, oh, to wait on customers the next day, it was like, oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's the thing is, you know, you don't, you, if you have to face the public, it's a lot harder. If you're only talking yeah. to the public, you can get away with a lot of stuff when people can't see you. <laughs> I know, I know. It. Coming and, to work um, in pajamas and, and oh. yeah. <laughs> All right, you, you have a good day All and right, you have you a good too. weekend. Yeah, you too. Take you care. Bye bye. Five zero eight nine nine six zero five hundred. Let me read some app chat messages that have been coming in. Um, let's see. Oh, we got a bunch here. 
So Deb in Mattapoise, it says, Trump on CNN was a disaster for him and CNN. All Trump did was confess to all the crimes he committed. Jack Smith, I'm sure, will use this against him. The audience was stacked with his supporters, so it wasn't a town hall. It was really a rally for him. The only thing it showed the American people is that our democracy will never survive another nanosecond if, God forbid, he was ever elected again. When someone shows you who they are, believe them. Uh, John in New Bedford says, who called before, uh, John in Fairhaven rather, who called before says, I remember now what I was thinking of saying. I can almost guarantee you that he wasn't fed the questions he was going to be asked, like the so-called president we have now. About a week ago, Biden was seen with a card that had the reporter's name on it with the exact question and the exact answer he was supposed to say. Um, the picture is circulating the Internet if people want to look it up on the major news networks. Uh, Dan in New Bedford says, Tim, just wondering if I miss it, but who's going to take over Phil's spot? Hope he's a Trump fan. Uh, we're working on trying to get Tucker Carlson to take the job, but I, we're a little bit far apart right now on salaries. Uh, let's see here. HT in New Bedford. The red meat police is always giving you the business. She should know it's fair for you to jab back in a joking way. Uh, answered seven in a question that says, Tim, I just want to know why when Trump was asked who he wanted to win, Ukraine or Russia, he wouldn't answer. I think he wouldn't answer because he wants Russia to win and he just doesn't want to say it because uh, his hero Putin would not be friends with him. Uh, Carol Ann Anasonet says reasonable people can support a candidate and recognize his or her flaws or shortcomings. I don't understand why your callers who are in love with Trump feel that he does no wrong. I also don't understand why I can't have disdain for Trump independent of my feelings for Biden. You can't criticize Trump without someone saying, well, what about Biden? Who, for the record, I'm also not a fan of. The blind and blanket support is exhausting. Uh, and Alan Somerset says, hi, Tim, I get a kick out of Mad Martha when she calls you. Hey, I'm not a fan of both presidents, but Trump has that lady on strings. He is not all that he thinks he is. If Trump kept his mouth shut and roaming hands, maybe he would be a good president and not be a puppet to Putin. So, I mean, what I'll say here, too, is um, when when you can't criticize the person, you know, when you can only point out the good things and you can't recognize the flaws, you're you're not a you're not a supporter. You're not a voter. You're a fan. In fact, you're a sycophant. And, you know, they say that the term fan comes from the term fanatic where you're just, you know, wild about somebody. But I think it also kind of lends into sycophant a, a little bit, too, where you're not going to know you're not going to acknowledge when they've done any wrong. Uh, and, and I think that's what happened is he, he built a fan base not a voter base, people who like him as a person, as a personality, and as, you know, I'm sure they like his policies and all that as part of it, but they're just as much a fan of the person as they are the politics. So, and I think he brought a lot of that to the table already, being a, a public figure for so many years, and of course, being a TV star uh, in a, the years leading up to the election. So I think he had that fan base built in, and a lot of people carried that through to becoming political supporters. And likewise, a lot of people who supported his ideas and his his political stance became fans of him as a person and of his personality. So it's you can say what you want, but I, I don't think that Joe Biden has a lot of fans. He might have people that support him politically and would rather keep him in office than the alternative, but I don't know that he has a lot of people who are fans of his. And... Um, that's kind of the way politics should be. Politics shouldn't have fans because fans don't look at things objectively necessarily. Uh, 508-996-0500. I 
I'm going to have to take a break in a moment because uh, I've got some commercials that I have to run before we have the city councilors on. But, of course, we can continue this discussion uh, after the 11 o'clock news as well. If you still have thoughts that you want to send in in an app chat message, I'll read it. I'll read it then. And, of course, the phone lines will be open after that as well. I do want you to take a look at my article uh, on WBSM.com and on the app regarding um, just remembering Bob's big boy. I remember the born one. I don't remember some of the other ones, but inform me. If there were other ones around here that you went to, let me know about it. The story is up on Facebook. You can go on the Facebook page, the WBSM Facebook page, and you can comment there. You can send them in via app chat. You can send them in via email, tim at wbsm.com. But, like, I, I, don't, I don't remember there being another one. I was told that there was one in Middleborough where the Friendlies is now on the Rotary. I don't remember that. But I believe you. I'm just saying I don't, I don't think I ever went there at that time. And uh, the one in Bourne closed in 1994, which is... I thought I had memories of going there when I was dating my wife, which we started dating in 97, spring of 97. So I thought we had like gone there while we were dating. But I I guess by that point, it was already an IHOP. I know we went there as an IHOP because my son used to love IHOP, but I I don't remember being there. I, I thought I remembered being there as a Bob's big boy when we were dating, but... You know, my brain isn't what it used to be. But that was a place that, you know, had a very interesting history, a very interesting backstory. And, of course, the Bob's Big Boy statue, which if you didn't know about the statue, the mascot that was outside of all those restaurants, when you saw Austin Powers, (laughs) you you realize what Bob's Big Boy was then. But, of course, people used to um, stop and take photos. You know, you'd come to Cape Cod and you'd go over the Bourne Bridge and the first thing you see when you get over the Bourne Bridge is the Bob's Big Boy and there's the statue. People would pull in and take photos and leave again. And so many people tried to steal that that uh, that Big Boy statue. Luckily for them, the state police were right across the street, the state police barracks. That probably de- deterred some people from trying to do it, but um, it still happened quite a few times. I know because some of the people I went to school with tried. Uh, statute of limitations, right? Probably has run out. Okay. 508. Well, you know what? I will say I'll hold off on giving the phone numbers because when we come back, we'll be joined by the city councilors. But right now we have to take a break. Welcome back in. And it is time to be joined as we are each week at this time by New Bedford City Council President Linda Morad. And joining her today is Councilor at Large Naomi Carney. And good morning, councilors. How are you? Good morning, Tim. How are you today? Doing all right. How about yourselves? I'm pretty good, thank you. It's a nice day. It stopped raining in the north end. Is it raining in Fairhaven? It got really cloudy and dark, and now it's it's passed over. Yeah, so I guess we're in the summer kind of uh, weather pattern. So, Tim, I'm by myself today. Um, oh, okay. Councilor Carney, yep, Councilor Carney is representing the council at uh, Firefighter All of it, uh, I'm, I'm sorry, Almeter's uh, funeral mass this morning. So. It was uh, unexpected, and I'll grab her for another week shortly. Sure, absolutely. And, and by the way, just really quickly, um, I have a I have a call I owe you uh, to 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 go over the things that you sent over. Uh, just by the time I was ready to call you yesterday, I looked at the clock and I said, "Oh, it's too late to call now." So <laughs> I will um, I will get in touch with you uh, probably later on today about those things. Yeah, that's fine. Just trying to make sure that we're on the same page as scheduling. So yeah, that's so that's kind of my problem is I don't know what's going on here with scheduling. <laughs> <laughs> Well, while I'm on that subject, I just, you know, I know the council has was represented last night 
and again today at Firefighter Almeter's funeral mass. And, uh, you know, our sympathies go out to the family and to all the men and women of the New Bedford Fire Department who have lost a brother. Yeah, and, you know, when that happens, too, I mean, as, as sad as it is, I, I do, I'm always blown away by the outpouring of the community and, and not just our own community, but other communities that come and send representatives and, and send people for the procession. It's it's always, it just goes to show that even though, you know, we have all of these these town borders and these town departments, that they're, they are all a big brotherhood a, a, across the entire region. Yeah, they are. I mean, they do the job and they all know what it takes to do the job. They have ultimate respect for each other and for their families who, you know, are also part of the department's fire, police, emergency, medical. Um, you know, they, those men and women who serve us that way, witness things that no one should have to witness and are put in situations where their lives are at risk. And, uh, you know, they, they respect each other and they come out for each other on all the time, no matter what the issue is. And I, um, you know, I'm humbled by that. So that's not me calling on the other line. I promise. No, that's Line of, sorry, I forgot to lower it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, they they they, they call you any time of day. They, they, you know what's funny is they're probably calling you to ask a question for you to answer on air because they know that I don't <laughs> take calls during the segment, so they're trying to get around yeah. it. So I know I know that um, you know the when when we talked about how the uh, vetoes were sustained on on the ballot questions, uh, Councillor Burgo had said that even though. You know, the, the question about rent stabilization won't appear on the ballot that he was going to put more of a focus on that and other affordable housing issues in some of the meetings that he chairs on, on, on that committee. And I know that there was an affordable housing meeting this week and uh, that it, it actually you know, it seems like there was a lot of good conversation that came out of it. Yeah, um, we were with each other and Commissioner Romanowitz. Uh, there was Mike McCarthy representing the planning board. Uh, planning department and Josh Emerald, who uh, took the brunt of our questions and did most of the presentation on this week at the meeting. Uh, we were together for just under two hours, and uh, there was very good discussion about the plan that's been put forward, the comprehensive plan, and you know how we're going to judge that we're succeeding in doing that. Uh, jo- Director Emerald gave us a little bit of an update regarding where we are currently with housing units in the pipeline, you know, he indicated to us there's approximately 150 uh, items in the pipeline today in several projects. Most of those projects are in Ward 4 and Ward 5. And, you know, then we talked to him about a lot of different ideas that myself and my colleagues had about not looking for the swing for the fences home run, but looking for the uh, singles and doubles, if you will, the the single families or two or three families that can be built that, you know, if you build enough of those, you know, you're adding to the number of the housing stock slowly, but on a consistent basis. So um, he, you know, he had some really good ideas, as did some of my colleagues about what we should be looking at. There was a lot of conversation about uh, vacant properties that are currently owned by various banks where they're basically maintaining them, but they're sitting on them. Well, people could be living in those. So we're looking to figure out a way to reach out to those financial institutions and get them to put those properties on the market so that we can sell those and or obtain them and fix them up so that we can move forward with putting people in housing. 
sorry. Well, I was going to say, I'm, I'm wondering, there probably isn't a lot of those cases where, because banks are probably getting their hands on a lot of properties these days for, for various reasons, you know, a lot of people can't afford uh, after, after the, um, uh, rent moratorium and all of those things. There's probably a lot of people who are losing their properties and a lot of banks taking them over and they probably aren't prioritizing being able to get properties that can be developed on the table because they, they've got so much housing stock that they're probably dealing with from that regard. So yeah, I think if the council's putting and if the, the and if Josh Amaral's office is putting the pressure on them to say, well, let's get these places going so we can get that development, it probably just has, haven't occurred to them yet to, to put those at the top of the list. Yeah, and I think that, you know, this might be a perfect example of the squeaky wheel gets, you know, gets the oil. If you've got somebody reaching out from from New Bedford to, you know, the various banking institutions saying, look, you know, we'll help you with this, but we want we want to move this property forward. We appreciate you maintaining it. We appreciate that, you know, you're paying the taxes on it, but we want people living in it. And, uh, you know, it might be easy for them where that's not, they don't have to send someone here. You know, there's someone locally who can coordinate with a real estate agent, et cetera. So we're hoping that, that that's one of the items. Also, we were all encouraged to hear that even though it's in the plan, that we're not planning on doing any more tax title sales for the foreseeable future. We're looking to pe- put people in housing, not take them out of housing. And it's been our experience that some of the tax title sales that have happened, those properties are vacant. So we're going to be reaching out to the company that buys those properties from us and see what we can do to get them to put them back on um, in an occupancy status as well. And we had a conversation in ordinance with Solicitor Jakes and again in the affordable housing uh, group about the affordable, about the abutters lot program, which the city is not aggressively using. Uh, Council Gomes has been banging that drum as has I for a while now. We have a lot of, you know, lots that abut uh, you know, single and uh, multi-family homes that should be sold off um, by the by the city, so that either an accessory dwelling unit can be built or a different unit can be built. And uh, there's been a lot of interest from people who own lots next door to a vacant lot to be able to take that lot over and add it to their to their property. So those are just some of the areas that we had a lot of discussion on and the only other thing I'll say is I think that uh, Director Amaral walked away knowing that council's serious that we want to make sure this is not just words on a paper that some of us are skeptical I'll speak for myself you know been many months many years where there's been no discussion regarding homelessness and affordable housing other than from people like Director Amaral, um, Carl Alves, David Lima uh, it's good to know that maybe this administration is serious about this issue now, and that you know hopefully these are not just words on a paper. And we're gonna we're gonna hold people accountable to making sure that that moves forward. And again, I congratulate uh, Council Burgo. I know you've done that as well. He um, he raised the bar on this issue, and he deserves a lot of credit for that as a freshman councilor uh, taking on this taking on this issue. I just want to go back to something you mentioned before a moment ago about the tax title sales. So to explain it for listeners that might not be familiar, we're talking about like the instance that we all heard about, about the woman who, you know, owed some taxes and the, the, it ended up that her property was sold to the company who buys these up and she was going to have to leave her home over what was not really a, a huge amount of money. And is, you know, it was something that I know Councillor Dunn at the time was saying was a huge problem. And we talked about it quite a bit here on the radio. So you're saying that you're trying to avoid having those happening absolutely we don't want those to happen anymore 
I, I wasn't happy with that when the council voted several years ago to begin the process of tax title. You know, I understand people should pay their bills, but, you know, there's situations. And I know we try to work with people. I, I thank the people in the city who work in the uh, assessor's office and in the treasurer's office. I know they try to work with folks. But there are situations, and, you know, it's unfortunate that that, that happens, that people lose their house. When they lose the house, they lose the equity in that house. So, you know, that's a, for me, that's a real issue. People work hard. You know, they've owned that property a long time. They've paid the mortgage. Something's happened now that doesn't allow them to pay all the bills. And we've all been in that situation. We all understand that. So I'm just happy to hear that we won't do that any longer. And um, I know, too, that one of the big issues that's, ha- you know, they're, they're having neighborhood meetings, of course. We, we've talked quite a bit about those. Um, but uh, I know Councillor Oliver had mentioned this to me and a few other folks have mentioned it to me. Uh, Councillor Limo, that, you know, the, the parallel products question is is on everybody's minds at these neighborhood meetings and that there's, there's presentations going on uh, about that at these meetings. Yep, there's a group that's been actively banging the drum, um, trying to make sure people are aware where the process where the process of approval is for this company on a on a pretty regular basis and not only are they now attending neighborhood meetings which they've done in the north end for a while but they've all they're also doing a mailing i got a mailing about a week or so ago uh, you know giving me the highlights of what is proposed and what the timeline is etc they are continuing to go through their regulatory review with the state um, they have been sent back a couple of times for additional information, but it's eventually going to get to the point where um, this issue is going to be before the city, the city's board of health, uh, for them to determine whether they're going to be able to get their permit to do what they want to do in the business park. And I think the group, um, the South Coast group, that's trying to rally people at this point so that it's not the last minute where people across the city are learning about this issue. Because it's going to affect everybody in the city, not just the people in the north end. Obviously, wards one, two, and three are going to see the impact of it, but uh, people people are going to have issues. And there are people living across the city who have family in close proximity to this project uh, that may not be aware of it. But we're going to need their voices as well because this is going to be overridden only by the majority of people coming out and convincing the Board of Health that this is not what we want in the north end of the city of the Bedford. Well, and I think it's important to know, too, that it's not just about what happens in the immediacy of, of, of parallel products opening, but also what happens down the line because, you know, it's kind of worked out that, uh, it, you know, when the when the uh, landfill shuts down, that parallel products could be the company that takes over processing the city's trash. And, yep. and that would have only increased the amount of uh, activity that would be going on down there. Yep, absolutely. And, they're, you know, the plans are to take out of state um, waste and that means that there will be trucks not only coming off in the north end, but they'll be traveling, you know, on 140 and 195. And, and who knows, you know, sometimes tra- trucks travel through neighborhoods as well. Uh, that, those are all issues, potential issues for quality of life in our city. And, you know, I don't, I don't agree that this should be done here. I obviously live in close proximity to it, but it shouldn't be done in any neighborhood anywhere in the Commonwealth where you have a residential area. Uh, you know, put this somewhere where you're not going to be affecting the, the the quality of life of the people. And just like zoning issues, Tim, that we've talked about before, you know, this is an injustice, a social injustice, honestly, to the people who have bought those homes 5, 10, 15, 20. In the north end, you have some people like myself that have been in their properties 
60 plus years. And now all of a sudden, you know, they won't be able to sit in their yard because of either the noise or the smell that'll be associated with this. And you can tell me day in and day out that there won't be any smell, but those trucks, <laughs> they're going to be idling, waiting to get into the facility. And the trail, the rail trucks that are supposedly going to be taking this trash out of here, there's no way you're going to be able to cover those to not allow them to, you know, fumigate and smell. And depending on the way the wind is blowing, that's going to be an issue for a lot of people. Absolutely. So there, there will be more meetings that I assume where that will that group will be presenting. Yes, um, they were not able to make the Ward Three uh, neighborhood meeting at Mount Pleasant this month. I believe that. Uh, George and and uh, Sean have put them on for next month, and they are planning on attending, you know, neighborhood meetings. The council has had them in to appointments and briefings several times, so that they can give updates that are then televised, so the general public can see it. And uh, you know, Councillor Markey, uh, Council Oliver before him, Oliveira rather before him, myself, Council Carney, Council Gomes, uh, we've been banging this drum for a long time. Uh, Council Martins before and Council Giesta now. So, uh, you know, it's it's an issue. It's a major issue uh, in the north end of the city. And I we'll see where we go. It's going to be an interesting battle. <laughs> well, an, another major issue has been parking. And I, I saw a lot of folks uh, posting on, and I don't know if, if they all live in the same area, if it was all, you know, people from the same neighborhood, but I've seen multiple posts from people who said, I got a I got a parking ticket for parking in the same spot that I always park in, uh, because now the parking enforcement is continuing across the city. Yeah, callers, um, our listeners, rather tell your family we're we're serious about making the city neighborhood safe, especially overnight. Uh, we do it during the day as well, but we're especially concerned now about situations that have developed overnight and on the weekends. Uh, the first week they were in the North End, and there was uh, about 153 tickets issued that night. They were in the South End last week, and over 200 tickets were issued then. And this week they were in the West End, and they ticketed 163 cars. And the variety of tickets range from parking too close to the intersection, parking in a crosswalk, parking next to a fire hydrant, uh, you know, parking in front of someone's driveway so the person can't get in or out. Uh, also, we have some people who, for some reason, park too far away from the curb. I'm sure you see that. I don't know why people do that. Yeah, that's, why would, that's yeah. putting your, your uh, side view mirror at risk. Yeah, so we've been ticketing for that as well. And then also, you know, we are trying to beautify the city everywhere. And the people who habitually park with two tires on the ribbon strip where we have grass planted um, you know, we, we're targeting those as well because I, we recognize that some streets are, in fact, narrow. But you are what we're trying to do is beautify the city. We, I think you may have noticed we placed mulch around the base of almost every tree in the city of New Bedford. Mm-hmm. And we're now going to be attacking the ribbon strips to see if we can't get grass to grow in those areas. So to pack your car on those areas, you continue to do that over and over and over. The grass will never grow. So um, those are the types of things. And we're, you know, we're serious about it. We're not looking to harm people. We just want people to be aware that there are rules and regulations and you've got to follow them. I know some counselors have also expressed to me concern about business vehicles and, and large vehicles parking along, alongside residential streets. I don't know if that's something that the police department is focusing on or if they can. I mean, I, I was driving over to a restaurant uh, last week and I went down one of the side streets and I, I had to wait as a church 
bus was pulling in to park along the side of, of one of the streets in the near north end. And I was just thinking to myself, like, that, that's taking up, like, four parking spots. Like, that can't be something that, that that's okay. Yeah, um, where, where those trucks are in violation, i.e. their wheels are on the ribbon strip, we're tagging them. We've looked at this issue several times on the council. It, it's, it's difficult. I mean, they're allowed, they're allowed in certain areas to park on the street based on their size. But it's difficult to determine, you know, looking at a truck, what the size is. Obviously, to track the trailer, there's no question about it. Right. So we're going to address that again in ordinance. We probably honestly won't address it before the fall because there's a lot going on between now and then. But we have talked to Chief Oliveira and the Deputy Chief about possibly looking at this again to see if there's a way that we can tighten the ordinance so that we give the officers what they need in order to ticket in and or tow some of those trucks. And uh, I know you have a couple, there's a couple of meetings coming up this week, uh, city property appointments and briefings. What can we expect in, in those committee meetings? Yep. Um, you know, city property council, Giesta, not this month, but uh, next month we'll be looking at uh, the vacant um, police stations and vacant fire stations. We'll have those on the agenda to see well, how are we going to be able to move those forward? Again, those might be perfect affordable housing uh, developments for someone to come in and purchase and develop for us. Uh, this month, we're going to talk about vacant school buildings and vacant buildings. Council Gomes has asked us to do that. So we're going to be bringing someone from the um, school department and our own uh, Department of Facilities and Fleet Management Director in, along with the mayor's office and the solicitor to talk about what we can do to kind of move those forward, if you will. And then also, um, I guess Councilor per, uh, Pereira has some issues regarding the Rodney French Boulevard area. So we're looking to see what the plans are with DPI for improvement of some of that area. So, and, 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 oh, sorry, go ahead. and we have appointments and briefings next week as well. Um, several of those items on that agenda are normal appointments and a couple of uh, livery licenses. This is a, the time of year where we uh, renew most of our livery licenses. But we're also going to be talking, we, we have an issue that we've been talking about, not only here, but several other places. Uh, I don't know if your listeners know this. We should talk about this more. Maybe I can get Commissioner Plant to join me, but sewer lines of the responsibility of homeowners, the sewer lines in the street are the responsibility of homeowners. And We've had several of these situations where sewer lines in the street have been damaged, and I don't know whether the damage is done because the pipes are old or ever source of horizon or even the city crews uh, might have tapped something and dislocated the, the, uh, you know, the juncture of a couple of pipes. But we have a couple in the city that we're currently trying to assist who had this happen and, you know, has a huge bill for repair of the sewer line that's basically in the street and not everybody's sewer line connection is directly in front of your property some of them you know go quite a way down the street to, to meet the junction where the pipe is so so we have that on our agenda as well, well so we'll have a lot to talk about next week for sure yeah we might soon through um, i also wanted to in the uh shout out i was honored last night to attend the uh most recent graduation of six noon the best uh, politi- uh, city police officers. I went with the chief and the deputy and the training director, and we were up in Braintree, and uh, it was a wonderful ceremony, and congratulations to those six new officers and their families, and they were sworn in last night, and they'll be on the streets next week. 
All right. Yeah, there we go. And uh, so I, I thank you for joining us today. Next week, uh, you're going to have uh, Councillor Burgo with you? Yes, he's scheduled to be with me. So um, we'll be on with you and we will chat about whatever's going on next week in the city as well. And we thank you for the time always, Tim. And I'm sorry that uh, Councillor Carney couldn't join us today, but I'm sure you understand we wanted to be represented at the funeral mass today. Oh, absolutely. Much, much, much more important. And of course, we, we have the phone lines open anytime if she has any issues she wants to join us and talk about. All right. Very good. Thank you for taking the call. We appreciate it. And we'll talk to you next week. Have a great weekend. Thank you. And okay. that is New Bedford City Council President Linda Morad. i got to take a break. We'll be back in a few moments. Um, 